0: Today is not only Communion Sunday, today is also All Saints Sunday, it's the closest Sunday to All Saints Day, which is November 1st, the day right after All Hallows' Eve or Halloween, when we remember those who have died and gone before, and we celebrate the new life that comes on the other side of our earthly death. And so we're here to remember all the saints who have gone before, that's impossible to do, but symbolically, we try to remember all the saints who have gone before, all those who have passed on the faith to make this church and our presence here today possible as part of the larger church universal. And so it's a day to give thanks, and it's a day to celebrate the relations of relations. Now, many people wonder, what is the Bible really? Because uh, I talk to a lot of people and they don't really Know much about the Bible, they admit that they have very little experience reading the Bible and they're confused about the Bible. Probably the easiest way that I've ever known to at least begin people on a journey of understanding the Bible is that the Bible is simply about relationships. The Bible is all about relationships. That's what it cares about from the very beginning to the very end. It's about relationships and stories. And so today we had a wonderful story from the book of Genesis about Joseph and his brothers. We'll come back to that in a minute. But the Bible is replete with stories about people and their real lives and their interactions. And what's hard for us in our time is to be able to reach back across the thousands of years to try to understand what life was like then and all that they were going through. But part of our journey of faith and our exploration of the Scriptures is to try to understand that dynamic and what those relationships are trying to teach us about God and about each other, about community life, and about the world around us. The Bible is concerned with our relationship or our relations with God and with others and even with ourselves and with the creation in which we have been planted, where we find ourselves. So the relations of relations is our theme for today as we continue on in our stewardship sermon series, a time of thinking about all the gifts of life and how we use them. That's what stewardship is all about. How do we use the gifts of life that have been entrusted to us? We think of that in terms of our time and our talents, and yes, also our treasures. Today, we think, when I think about the relations of relations, when I think about who are my relations, I'm instinctively drawn to my blood relations, right? I'm, I'm instinctively drawn to my family. Who are the people that I'm related to? And, uh, each of us have our own relations. The people that we've lived with in close proximity. We all have our families and our family stories. Just like we heard the story of Joseph and his brothers and that particular family, we all have our own family stories. And some of those stories are wonderful stories. And with uh, just having celebrated Halloween this past week, I was thinking back to when our children were younger and um, some of the marvelous times we had, uh, the chaos that was uh, uh, part of our home trying to decide who was staying home, who was going out trick-or-treating, and all those things, and the costumes. That Michelle made for our kids and all the fun that we had and the pictures we look back on that and this morning while I was waiting for my chauffeur to bring me to church, I pulled out my phone and started looking at some of our family pictures from just this last Halloween and the joy of seeing our grandchildren who live at some distance but seeing them in their costumes and the joy that that brought me to see those pictures again because our families have wonderful stories, wonderful experiences, things that we love about being close to those with whom we're closest, right? So you can I think you can think about some of the wonderful stories that you may have uh, from your either growing up or when you had children or grandchildren or whatever stage of life, but to think of some of those wonderful stories because our relations to our relations is very important. But... No family is perfect. At least the young family isn't perfect. And I was uh, thinking about, I love Charlie Brown and the Peanuts Gang. And Linus walks into his classroom and he says, I'm sorry I was late, ma'am. We had a little trouble at our house this morning. Our kitchen was full of squabbles. (laughs) Has your kitchen ever been full of squabbles? Well the point here is that not all families are perfect and in fact not everyone has all wonderful memories and stories of their families. Some families some families are the opposite of what we think of as a wonderful family. Some families are filled with abuse. Some families are uh others uh within the family ostracize uh, each other. Some people are abandoned in families. You may have known along the way a parent who was so frustrated, so upset by something their child had either done or was about to do that they declared, if you do that again, you are never welcome to put a footstep back in this house again. What a horrible thing to say or to hear. But friends, it has happened. And that kind of distancing in families occurs way more than we might like to acknowledge and when we think about the abuse that can go on in families physical abuse verbal abuse and other things um, we recognize that it's it's a strange mixture of the good and the bad the 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 joyful and the sad all these things are are part of life and we are all part of this fabric in the world. And so, um, in families, we know that um, some of us are still close to everyone in our family, and some of us are not close to everyone in our families. Distance can make a difference. In the world we live in, families can be very spread apart. Some may live very close together. But when we are not in close physical proximity anymore to those in our family, be it siblings or parents or children, cousins, aunts, uncles, that distance, we may still feel close to them, but because we're not with them on a regular basis, it doesn't allow for that regular relationship to be nurtured in a physical, close way. And so thank goodness for other aspects of community life, be it neighbors, friends, or church family and our family of faith. And when we think about our family of faith, there are wonderful stories. Some of the biblical stories are some of the most wonderful, precious stories we have. And the story that Cheryl read for us this morning, I know it was a long passage, but we needed to get the, the impact. And that was only a part of the story from Genesis. There's much more. Um, but we get this great reunion between Joseph and his brothers and how their relationship is restored and the joy and the tears that come from having that closeness restored In their family. And what a joy and what a gift that is. The Bible has many of those wonderful stories. But unfortunately the Bible also carries stories. That show the abuses. And the neglect in families. Because what precipitated that story. What caused Joseph to be in Egypt in the first place. Was that his siblings sold him into slavery. They abandoned him. And had given him up for dead. But God had other purposes in mind. And God wove him into the family of Pharaoh. And as such, Joseph now had a family. He Did you hear in the story it said, I, I am the father of Egypt. Now he has this new family that he's been woven into. But he still has his nuclear family, his biological family. He now has both. And so, the Bible has wonderful stories of love and joy and good things, but it also has stories of betrayal and neglect and abandonment. Because that's what life is full of and that's what the world is full of. And it also has people moving away from each other, even though they didn't live in a time when people could be as mobile as we are with planes and cars and trains and all the things we have at at our disposal They had more foot traffic or animal traffic, but they still lived at distance from one another. And so there was this distance in relationships and closeness in relationships. And because of that, I know some people who do not have particularly close family relations. And the church is one of the most important and meaningful relationships they have to be part of their family of faith. Is more precious to them than gold because the church family has become their family. And what a gift that is for all of us to think about. I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, family first. Right? How many of us have said that? I've, no, I've said it at times. Family first. Right? Not so quick. Not so quick. Did you hear the passage Jim read from Matthew's Gospel in which Jesus is teaching and interacting with the community and all of a sudden his mother and brothers want his attention? And who does he say his mother and brothers are and sisters? Those who do the will of God. Now, this doesn't have to be an either or. But many people will say, family first. It doesn't have to be an either or. We don't have to over-prioritize one part over another. I think Jesus' mother and brothers were annoying Jesus. I don't think he was saying we should abandon our families. I think they were annoying him at a time when he was trying to do something important and he tried to make a larger point. So it doesn't have to be an either or, but let me share what I believe to be one of the signs of a healthy Christian life is all about, and that is that we care for those who need help. We care for those who need help. We care for those for whom Christ lived, and we care for those for whom Christ died. And who is that? everyone that includes our family members but not over and against others not over and against others not just me and mine but for all those within my sphere of care and influence the great commandment is seems so obvious and it's easy most of you if i remind you of it you could probably Repeat it right back to me. It rolls off our tongues pretty easily. The great commandment is this. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Right? That's the greatest commandment Jesus gives us. It doesn't say you shall love your family first, then God, then others, then yourself doesn't say that. It doesn't exclude our families, but it doesn't necessarily say family first, which is what we tend to do. Every every single person in the world, I believe, is offered in one way or another, is offered an opportunity to do God's will. But not everyone does. But for those who do God's will, for those who do what God wants in their lives, across the span of their lives, those people will be closer to the people they care for and the people they serve and will be closer to God than those who don't. You see, I think it comes down to what I tried to say at the beginning. We say it often here, that we are all God's children. But you know, as people of faith, we either really believe that or we don't. We believe that all, all people are God's children. All God's children are deserving of our care and our concern. All. And so we either believe that or we don't. And that's what uh, is before us as we think of the gifts that have been entrusted to us during a time of stewardship. How will we use all the gifts that have been entrusted to us? How will we use this one precious life that has been gifted to us? How will we use it? I hope we will use it to the fullest in all our caring, And in all our giving. And in all our living. Amen.